Welcome to another edition of the Bones of Advertising, and I believe it's the 18th, JD, so two away from the big two zero. I'm Craig McLeod, and of course you are. Well, I'm, Jay, I'm John Douglas. I'm John Douglas. I have been, um, I have been most of my life, except for that little uh, moment in Prague, which we don't, won't go, we won't necessarily go into. That's a different story for a different day. Okay, it sounds like we might be heading to a rabbit hole really early. So first of all, before we head down the rabbit hole, and we have to get the reversing horse out, let's, let's, maybe, <laughs> let's maybe check what kind of bone we've got to pick over today. I have. Um, I've got a. Uh, I've got a. I've got a bone the size of Alabama. The size of Alabama. That's big. I, I don't believe we'll get all the way through this bone because I think there's there's little meaty bits that are stuck in behind the knuckle that we you know that very very few people get to. And we're going to try and get down to those today, but I think largely the big bone is. Um, I'd like to talk about commercialism. Commercialism in advertising. Funnily enough, yes. Commercialism in advertising, my friend. We are the front line of the capitalist army. We are the shock troops. Yes. We're the people. We're the people that the capitalist army send in to soften up the ground, ready for the retailers and the wholesalers and the and the sales forces to go in and reap the rewards. Soak up all of that soft underbelly of the competition because of the work we do. Yes, right. So it sounds like you're implying that we're extremely important. No, 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 no. I think we're I think we're incredibly expendable. We're like that we're like that horrible movie with Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jason Statham and you know, we're the expendables. Yeah, well yeah. there's a lot in that movie who probably are expendable now who have been on the better side of their movies before today or before that particular movie, that's for sure. Oh, was they um like they've made like three or four or five versions of the Expendables? I think they um they even had one where Jean Claude Van Damme was the oh, bad doing the full splits between two moving semi trailers. That's got to be one of the best moves ever. Yeah, that was a B two B campaign. It that was. was not that it was it was it was trying to get people to to sell Volvo trucks. Yeah, like it was a it was a it was a campaign designed for business to business. And it just it blew up. It became like super famous, and and people started buying Volvo trucks. It became a B two C thing, but originally B two B. Yeah, it was B two B. And uh, gosh, we're great at digressing, my boy, because we are so far away from commerce commercialization. B two B, John Claude Van Damme, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and the great man himself, Rocky Balboa. Oh. Let's get back to the point, though. Well, let's get back to our point of commercialisation. Thank, thank you for bringing. Thank you for bringing me back from the break. Let's <laughs> start with commercialisation. Are we going to talk about, you know, maybe those within the agency that actually do have to manage the money? Where, where are we going to go? I think that I think one of the, the the surprising things I discovered over the journey is just how little I actually knew about the way that advertise the business of advertising works. Like I knew enough about the advertising business to know, you know, there is a there's a client. They've got a brief. They've got a challenge. They've identified the marketing issue. The comes like I knew the process that it went through, and I knew all the individual bits of the process. But I never really understood the money until I had to go out and start doing it for myself. Yeah, right. So here you go. This is how. Everyone who knew about money knew that I didn't know anything about money. So um, 
back a long, long time ago, children, a very, very long time ago, just gather around here and sit on your Uncle John's knee and let me tell you a story about the good old days. Um, out in the rocking chair. Yeah. <laughs> With your smoking jacket. <laughs> Gather around. I remember back in the old days. Um, you go in and you would ask for a raise because you just had a stellar year. Like, you know, you'd, you'd won a couple of awards, you'd saved a bit of client business, you'd worked back late. Like, you were, and you were being paid $60,000, $70,000 a year, whatever, you know, whatever it was. Yeah. And you would say to the you would say to the to your creative director who knew a little bit about the money, or you'd say to the managing director whose 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 office you would be traipsed into to to talk about money because that was the money office, and you and you'd go in there and you'd put your case forward. You would say, you know, I think I've done this. I've got all of these. I've got I've won these awards. I've brought fame and glory to the agency. I've, I've saved your ass on a couple of times. I've worked really really hard. I think I need a significant pay rise. Right. Right. John, how much do you think you're, you're, you're worth? And, like, you really don't know. You know that the people at the top of the tree in the advertising, like, back back then were earning, like, 100000 or 110000 And I didn't want to be greedy, so I said, 90, 90 grand. Yeah. And he said, you know, John, you're worth 90 grand. Here's my challenge for you. I have got a bucket of money here for the role that you fill, and that bucket of money is $75,000. You are worth a bigger bucket of money. You are worth ninety thousand, maybe even a hundred thousand dollars. John, you're selling yourself a little bit short. Unfortunately, I don't have that bucket. I've only got this bucket, and if you want to work here, this is your bucket. Yeah, right. But there may be other people with bigger buckets. You just can't get that here. Yeah. Well, what do you want to do, John? And then you could just see in the back of his head, how do you feel, punk? You feel lucky? You feel lucky? <laughs> <laughs> Did he bring out his six shooter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're thinking. I know what you're Six shots or only five? I shot six times or five. Yeah. Oh, you did that really well. I can't do that. It, it does come down to understanding the overall way in which an agency works with revenue, the way in which people's incomes are relative to what the overall revenue of an agency is. So, if you have a creative director earning, you know, 5% or 10% of the agency revenue, you've got yourself a pretty bad model. There's a way you can work out the percentages to ensure that the agency is going to remain profitable. If you're a good enough agency, a loss of one client's not going to impact you too much. We've got a philosophy in our agency where we're, we're talking about constantly in a finding mindset. Yeah. We're yeah. always looking for new opportunity. But again, coming back to what you're talking about with that commercialization, I do think often people employed in the agency don't understand how it works. They just see their section of the work relative to winning yeah. equals I deserve more money. Indeed, indeed, indeed. And and there was a I have to tell you, there was a little moment um, halfway through that where I I could just feel myself going back in back back and I could just feel my eyes going, yeah. Oh. I'm back with you now. Like I, I think there's a delicate balance between knowing how the business runs, knowing what your worth is, and knowing what your worth is to the business. Like I think there are two very, very different things there. Here's a question for you. So you are a successful business owner 
if I might, um, if I might just uh, uh, just polish your aura just a little. Sixteen years to date. So I'm uh, look any small business, and I still consider us small, maybe teetering on the edge of medium, but any small business that can survive for 16 years, particularly in a volatile industry like advertising. Oh, look, I'm definitely proud of that without, without a doubt. But yep, I, I definitely would say I'm able to answer the question you're just about to ask. <laughs> <laughs> so it comes down to how, how hard ass you want to be as a business person. What's the balance between the money, like the thing that makes the world go round, and your relationships with your people, and can you find that balance? Look, that, that's a really big question. And at the moment, I'm watching a documentary series on Disney and their Imagineering, and it's perfectly aligned to the question you just asked. Often, <clears throat> the relationship between great business, great ideas, doesn't correlate to a financial outcome. You can't go in to a creative director or a creative team and talk to them solely about the budget because that's not the way they operate. No, no, no. And to answer your question really simply, I think it's possible to have the conversations with people about where the business is at, where they fit within the business and, and how important they are to the business, but also sometimes take that away from purely just being money and sometimes talking about opportunity. And that may help them springboard into something down the track. As you say, sometimes the bucket of money in our business may not be big enough to fulfill their worth or their perception of their worth. Yeah. But I think we're able to, to maintain great relationships with, with the team and, and with individuals by having really serious, open, honest conversations about where we're at. Sometimes... I find us in a position where people only look at the last sort of six months of the work and yeah. they see that we've done really well over that six month period and they feel that they've contributed to that and therefore uh, are worth, you know, a component of that. And then sometimes I have to have the conversation about the preceding year where we weren't going as great as we needed to, but their wage didn't drop. I never yeah. came in and said to them, do you mind just taking a six month pay, ride, a pay, pay cut? I've never had that conversation where, you know, sorry, we can't pay commission because of the six months that we didn't have the client that, you know, we, we needed, you know. So it's really about making sure that you can have a rounded conversation, focusing more on the positives, yeah. but also giving them perspective as to how that fits into the entire scheme of things. But ultimately, the good ones know the really good ones know what's going on. And, and when I say they know what's going on, they may not know the tin tax or the semantics of the numbers, but they know the general flavour of where we're at and, and what's going on. And those conversations are far easier because they're aware. And yeah. I'm always one to try and foster talent, even when things aren't great. If we're not flying, if someone is worth a raise, I'll do my best to make sure they get something to show that we're really keen on keeping them, showing them that we're moving forward, but it also shows them that I'm super confident and I believe in where we're headed as a business as well. Yeah. That's the other part is showing the positivity. I read an article from a, from a client of ours, a new client of ours today, and, and it really talked about the power of positive speaking and positive communication to the troops yeah. and our ability to elevate them. And if you're the kind of business owner that's stupid enough to run on a shoestring or to only have just a tiny little amount of money or to work paycheck or, or, or client invoice to client invoice, you're going to find yourself in a whole lot of trouble really, really quickly. If you don't take some of the good times 
and Definitely. put it away for the times when we might lose a client that can keep us going for six months or a year until we can get back to that point of being able to, to build really solid numbers every month again you're going to find yourself in big trouble, but also it doesn't give you the possibility or the potential to be able to say to someone who's really worth it. Because sometimes when they don't win the client, but they're doing all of the work or if we're, we're not getting, we need to go, you still need to be rewarded. And that reward might not be as big as it might be if we do win the client, but it's got to show that we're really interested in them and fostering them. But the, the, the converse of that, or, you know, the flip side of that is, when people aren't doing it and come to you and say it, I have no issue whatsoever in having those frank conversations to say, we're not where we need to be. And unfortunately, that will also transition across from a salary to a salary um, conversation yeah. as well. Yeah. I think at the, what's that, what's that lovely quote? The market has a short memory. Yes. You know, I, and I, I think there's, I think if, I think it just in that little brief moment that you've given us there, like this, there's a thousand different bits of meat that we can just spend a little bit of time on week after week after week. But um, I, I love the idea that we have a need for money, but really good agencies and, and really good operations understand that value is not just about money. Value should go across a wider range of things and that will become evident to the clients and the prospective clients that those agencies talk to that it is yes we will look after your money but there is so much more on offer here value is not just money yep agreed and the bottom line is we, we both know that it's an, an important part of why people come to work every day. But if you can also talk about the environment that you create for them. So, yeah. and that may be flexibility to say, you know, like before the times we're in right now, but you know what, take a day, yeah. not a day of leave, but take a day because you've done really, really well. And I know you've done work on the weekend. So Monday it's your day, do what you want to do. You yeah. know, perhaps it's buying someone, I don't know, a facial or a spa spa voucher, something to show or just ringing up and saying, you know what, you've done an absolutely cracking job on that. We made a little bit extra in your pay this month is going to be a little bit extra. And that, that stuff shows that we really give a, a crap about the person because we're prepared to identify the behavior that warrants the reward. No, yes. no. Are, you bringing yeah. are you bringing accountability into this? accountability into this as well and that i think is enough of a bone today i, I really appreciated having you dominate the conversation because you make much more sense about this shit than i do you really really do and i think i think regular listeners would agree in this particular instance I you. at some level yes but <laughs> what, I, what i will also say just in closing is it's just great doing this uh, this vlog podcast with you, JD. And I, and I think it's good to get perspective across both sides. And you're right, the money is probably more of the time, I spend more of the time, the time on the money. But I would also say that you underplay your understanding and your knowledge of it. Uh, don't give away, don't give away any secrets. Please, please, let me play the idiot. It's a card that I'm, I'm very, very good at playing. I'd like to play the idiot card, please. Thank you very much. And that was another edition of the Bones of Advertising. Thanks. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure.